0: yes.
1: hello everyone and welcome to anime club after darks movie reviews a spoiler free discussion detailing the good the bad and the downright ridiculous of anime movies i'm your host alex but you can call me senpai and tonight i am joined by our czar of source material john oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah after you made me de- deaf before we started this by deep frying your fucking mic <laughs> oh yeah Anyway, tonight uh john and i have got together to discuss probably our i i think it's safe to say it's both of our favorite studio ghibli film
0: um yes my favorite ghibli film of all time are my it-
1: favorite ghibli film and favorite miyazaki film
0: yeah, it's it's literally the best. And you know what? We're everyone basically says the same thing, so we're not wrong. Yeah.
1: But for anyone out there that hasn't seen it, as I said, this is gonna be a spoiler for your review, so you can stay around if you'd like. Um I guess a little bit of background though before we get started on the particulars of this movie. Um as we said, it it was created, written, and directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Um, unlike a lot of his other uh films, he also wrote I guess what would be considered an insert song, uh, for this for this particular movie that plays I don't know about ha- somewhere between a half and three quarters of the way through the movie. It's about Which the really two
0: thirds mark, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, and it's a really good song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the the um, we swamped between English and Japanese because I wanted, yeah. cause in the Eng- we watched the English version because that's the one I saw when I was a little, babby, and uh, I judged that I liked the English more than the Japanese which I'll talk about later tonight. But um, in the English version, it's an English translated song, and it's sung really well. And in the Japanese one, it's an actual Japanese song as well. But they sound very similar, the voice actors who sing it.
1: Yeah, the singers who were actually doing the song sound very, very similar.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a beautiful song. It's God, that's one thing I'm going to talk so much about tonight. Oh man, <laughs> it's the music cuz
1: that's the one of the things you love the most about this. Um, so this originally premiered in Japan July 12, 1997. It didn't actually get released in the US until October 29, 1999. Oof. Um, I know. Oof. Um but Uh, And we'll get to this. Like, you look at it just animation-wise, and you you look at it, it could be like an anime that comes out today. Um, And that's because it had an enormous budget for its time. Um, It had a budget of about 2.1 billion yen. Uh, That equates to about 23.5 million U.S. dollars. Um, It only cost 2.1 billion to make, and the Japanese box office alone, when it came out, it made 19.3 billion, so it made its money back, and then some.
0: Yeah. A lot of some. It's a little over by, like, nine times. Uh, just about. Eight point
1: six times or something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's you can it's it's a high budget film. You can definitely tell. Um it looks like the really equivalent
1: good. of it'd be like the equivalent of a Marvel movie today making like eight billion dollars just yeah. in the US alone. <laughs> just,
0: and uh one uh, thing that I wanna talk about real quick about this budget is that you can definitely tell that it's high budget because even though it's almost what do we say, twenty five years, right? Mm. It is Almost. nearly.
1: It's 23 years old now, but it's you know, closing. Up, it's closing in on the quarter century mark.
0: Yeah, it's it's 23 years old, and it still looks fucking phenomenal. Holy mm-hmm. shit! Oh. Um, when this movie came out,
1: um, as it was today, it was a critical and commercial blockbuster, um, and it's still kind of considered a anime classic today. Uh, fun fact: it was the highest grossing film in Japan in 1997. Not like like live action or just anime film it was the highest grossing film period in japan in 1997 and it Mm -hmm. held that distinction until 2001 when spirited away came out
0: yeah and it's kind of like similar to how we had the marvels or we had james cameron releasing titanic and Mm -hmm. then it was the number one movie in the u.s for like ever and then he releases avatar with the blue people and it tops himself (laughs) so that's like james cameron came up and topped himself again (laughs) This is funny. <laughs>
1: who's first, James Cameron? Who's second, James, James Cameron. Cameron? Do I need to ask who's third?
0: <laughs> yeah. Except right now, I think it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Infinity. No. Yeah, I think no, Infinity it's Endgame.
1: Uh, yeah. And, th- yeah, Endgame. Endgame. I think. Yeah, I think Endgame is number beating. one now. Uh, yeah. So, but hey, Avatar two is coming out, so anything can happen.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah. Whatever.
1: Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to share some a little bit of background. Um, I think this, this film was in production for nearly two and a half years. But allegedly, according to Miyazaki, he came up with the idea for this movie back in 1970.
0: Well, I mean, it's definitely got a lot of dated themes that still ring true to today, which is pretty crazy. Like, that's another thing that this film does. It has a lot of themes.
1: Yeah, I mean, do we want to go... I know we typically go in order of, like, art and sound, but do you want to talk about the themes since you mentioned
0: it? We'll get to that because I I need to talk about how good it looks. So okay. From an animation standpoint, it is fucking fluid. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing looks fucking bad in the film. Like, you can tell it's dated. It's something that you look at and you're like, oh, that's definitely, like, pre-2010 anime, right? It's not...
1: But you can certainly tell with the character designs.
0: Yeah, the character designs are extremely dated, but just, like, how the shapes are made and stuff, it's not very bubbly like recent Ghibli films are. Mm. But, you know, if you told me this was made in 97, it's still very impressive for its time.
1: It's, it's impressive for now, yeah. especially considering that like 95% or so of the movie is hand-drawn. There is some very limited CGI in this movie, but it's used very sparingly. And when it is used, considering the potato computers they had back then to render this shit on, <laughs> it's really impressive.
0: So this is my second time watching it because, again, I watched this a long time ago when I was like 10 or something. And I was blown away by it then. And, you know, just rewatching it before this recording, I was still blown away. I was like, this is so good. Like, it still looks just as good as I remember. You you ever revisit old things and you're like, wow, this is not old. Like Halo 1, for example, which just (laughs) came out on PC, um, Master Chief Collection PC. uh, When you look back at the first game, I understand that there's some lighting issues with with, uh, the remaster. And it didn't look that bad. But it's still amazing how, when I remember playing that on Xbox Original, how good that looked to me. And then when I look at the videos of it now, I'm like, "Damn, where my stand was we've that come a low?" Long <laughs> away, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. But this is something I mean, that definitely like withstood the stand of time, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, uh, and it's kind of like so. The last thing we did was the last thing movie we reviewed was another Ghibli movie was um, Nausicaä the Valley of the Wind, which is something that we thought was definitely a product of his time in terms of its animation and its art style. And then you, you fast forward just over a decade and you get
0: this. Yeah. And it's, it's insane. The quality leap, but then again, that one only used like, what'd you say? One, $1 million USD. Like, yeah, it's
1: like uh, 1.5 million. Yeah. Roughly.
0: So, you know, this film obviously had way more budget and assets to work with. So obviously it should be better. <laughs> but... Yeah. I would hope.
1: But you know and also the technology was better.
0: Yeah, and it and they surprisingly share a very similar theme. Um.
1: They, they do uh, you keep talking about themes I want to talk about it but we'll still talk about the art and animation because it's one something of the... else that's about well, no. so the animation I, I definitely want to talk about how fluid it all is especially considering all of it's hand drawn like if you want a really good argument for hand drawn animation like this movie is it there's actually a lot of stuff that comes out of the mid to late 90s that's that has a lot of hand drawn animation that are fucking phenomenal examples of why I advocate so heavily for hand drawn animation and this is a great example of it
0: yeah like i honestly didn't even notice any cgi so i don't know where the cgi was <laughs> um it looked all hand-drawn to me and um
1: I, I can tell you i can tell you one element that was definitely cgi and it was like the whole the demon thing with the boars oh, that was cgi
0: okay I
1: could like kinda, i said it's like ninety ninety five 95 percent hand-drawn
0: yeah and um you know one thing i <laughs> i hate to say this because i love ghibli films but this film is not very colorful um that's something that i found very disappointing but it kind of makes sense you know there is a main motif of yeah. like nature versus not nature and they stick to it pretty well like they do a great job showing like the forest it looks very green lush you've got the moss clinging to rocks into the trees and things you know the passage of time has forgotten this place and crept over and it looks great it looks beautiful yeah. you know I love it. It looks phenomenal. However, the lack of color, I kind of didn't like that. Um, Just mainly because, you know, (laughs) the story is great. I know we're supposed to be focusing on the story, but come on, man. It's a visual medium. Give me some eye candy. (laughs) I think
1: what you're you're specifically saying is, like, the variety of color. I mean, there is obviously color in this film, but there's not a whole lot of variety. It's, like, a, a good example, like, with Nausicaa, which we reviewed, I mean, there was a big variety of colors. Yeah. Like, when you went to the, the like, the big foresty regions there versus the desert.
0: Yeah, they had a lot of different biomes in Nausicaa, but that makes yeah. sense because it's supposed to be, like, post-apocalyptic world or something. Yeah. Versus, I believe this takes place, like, I don't know. Like medieval Japan. Japanish, Yeah, medieval Japan. So it makes sense that, you know, when you get to, like, uh, towns and then, like, civilization, I guess you would call it. It'd be more, like, brown and, like, wooden everything. And then the rest is just forest. So that makes sense.
1: Uh, so shall we talk about something you absolutely love about this movie, which is the fucking music?
0: Oh, my God. So I'm going to start off with a negative first just to get it out of the way because I'm going to gush for, like, five minutes about the damn music. So hey, Are you going to talk about the sense? I'm a, first of all, yes. There were some sense in here, just for a little tiny part. And it was so out of place for me. And I, I get it. You know, this is a 90s film. Synths were still kind of popular back then. We just got out of the 80s, and the 80s never ended. So it kind of went from '80 to 2000s, right? Yeah. Like, at least late 90s it went to then. So mm, I don't like sense that much. It's kind of gross in this film. Uh, the sound design is pretty boring or not the sound design i should say the sound effects um yeah. they use very stock sound effects for like the which is a similar firing. which is
1: a similar uh, criticism we had of nausicaa as well
0: yeah and you know for a movie that does sound design really well with its selection of scoring whew, the scoring in this the orchestras Oh yeah. my god. And, and it's again, it, it's
1: another it's another team up of Hisaishi uh, and Miyazaki. Joe yeah. Hisaishi came back to do the score for this. I'm kind of hoping that we get some more of his music for the new Miyazaki movie.
0: Yeah, Joe Hisaishi is a literal god. The timing, the swells in the orchestras, the symphonies that get played, the music being cued on time. It's so
1: fantastic. I love how every single different setting that you go to seems to have its own musical motif.
0: Yeah, and it fits so well. Oh my god, the sound, the sound guys, I can't <laughs> I can't get over how good the OST for this is, you know. Uh something similar to me would be like Legend of Zelda, the Ocarina of Time. It it feels like that where every time you enter a new area, you've got a new motif. There's like mm. the land has changed, the combat's changed, the pacing's changed, and it goes the music goes along very well with each change, and it's fucking great. I love it. But I think... the, the sound effects, though, oh, they're so stock. Like, mm. oh man, when I look at anime movies today, how well they utilize sound effects and sound design together, it's insane to me to think that they would have such a good score, but such boring sound effects.
1: One thing you notice that in especially I've noticed with Mononoke is like the footstep sounds. They all sound very, very similar and it becomes very monotonous.
0: Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, like, come on. They use such stock sounds and I get it, you know. Maybe it was money constraints, maybe it was time constraints. I get it's faster to use a stock sound and just filter it out and make it sound further and closer for distancing and stuff like that. Yeah. But when you have such a beautiful scoring and swells in your orchestra to illustrate points through the film, you gotta utilize that with your your sound effects. like I agree. Ugh, it's a shame. Uh, it's a think- real shame.
1: I think something, again, like Nausicaä, that I think you and I agree on,
0: is it has an amazing English dub. (laughs) Oh my god, Nausicaä Valley of the Wind, as dated as it is, it's got a great English dub cast. And uh, we did flip between English and Japanese, because again, I was curious what the Japanese sounded like, since I've never heard it. And I've got to say, hands down, I like the English way more. It feels not natural I would say like some of the characters are speaking a little too fast because you know I get it editing issues and you got to match the mouth flaps because this is back in the day before we could you know control that shit but when we listen to the Japanese voice acting it sounds kind of ham-fisted like it's Mm. not bad okay the voice actresses on both casts did phenomenal jobs but it just sounds hammy a little played up and I didn't like it maybe it's I,
1: I have to say the English dub has Keith fucking
0: David in it. <laughs> yeah, like one, one major difference is uh, there's a little bit of on title narration, on title screen. like, uh, yeah, At narration. the very
1: beginning of the movie, yeah, there's a little narration. It's, it's sort of giving you a little bit of backstory and leading you into what you're about to watch.
0: Yeah, so in the Japanese one, they don't have a voiceover, but in the English one they do, and it's Keith David, and I love it. I love Keith David.
1: Yeah, and then Keith David also goes on to play a supporting character later on in the movie.
0: Yeah, so I'm glad they got more use out of him. I wish he could have talked more because I freaking yes. love Keith David.
1: I, and again, uh, the this, I don't believe this, no, this dub was actually done by Miramax, not Disney. But I think Miramax at the time was owned by Disney. I'm not sure exactly how that works. Um, but it's labeled, the dub is, is labeled as being produced by Miramax. Um but it has it has like names that people fucking recognize, and again, like Mononoke, like the Disney, uh, Ajibi Dubs. It's got Claire Danes mm-hmm. playing Saw, and you had f- fucking John DiMaggio, <laughs> you had Mini do- Mini Driver, you had Billy Bob fucking Thornton.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they all do a fantastic job.
1: Oh, and I I'd be I'd be remiss if I didn't say that uh Moro is played by Jillian frickin' Anderson of the X Files.
0: Scully, Scully. I want to believe.
1: <laughs> I, it's just it's it's so good. And it's one of the really high points of just watching this movie for me is just seeing that God, when you get A tier actors, God the voice acting can sound really good.
0: Right? And uh one more thing about the voice acting, when they do the dubbing for like Moro and for the um the mononokes in the movie i freaking loved how they distorted the voices i love yes. it i love that effect it it sounds so good and it yeah, fits they put, so well like
1: they put like layers of filtering over it so that you, you're almost like is that really who i think it is
0: yeah like sometimes when they talk you're like i don't i can't really tell but then there are some moments when their filters are a little weakened so then you yeah. can tell who's actually voice acting and it's like it's just so it's so good and that you you see that especially when the characters
1: are supposed to be angry, yeah, they they really put those filters on there. It's like their voice is getting like distorted. naturally distorted by yeah. the anger.
0: Yeah, and it's it's beautiful. That's mm. that's beauty of sound design, man. Yes.
1: All right, we've gotten to it. You got to talk to to about it now because we got to talk about the narrative and the story.
0: <laughs> okay. So, in Princess Mononoke, there are too many goddamn themes. Um, <laughs> There is a centralized theme. The number theme.
1: of themes is too
0: damn high. These themes are too damn high! <laughs> and um there is a main central theme, which is great, because it, it's basically the main storyline, which is heavy naturalism versus industrialism. And just like in Nazca of the Valley of the Wind, uh, like I said, they both share a very similar theme. Yeah. It's about, you know... Climate change and industrialization, and what we're doing to nature, and living you know.
1: living in tune with the laws of nature.
0: Yeah, and I made a little alignment chart that I don't have up right now because, again, never prepared. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> so basically, we have like uh, lawful good characters, and uh, you know, all the way to chaotic evil characters that represent different themes throughout the film. We get introduced to a lot of different factions, I'd call them. Yeah.
1: And there, there are characters or groups of characters in this movie that satisfy every single part of the alignment chart, at yeah. least in our minds.
0: Well, honestly, one of them is kind of just a, a bit joke, but I couldn't think of anyone who is true neutral good. <laughs> but um, Y'akul yeah. So is
1: literally a perfect character, and you can say <laughs> nothing bad about him.
0: Cool is the true neutral good because he is an he's a little what do we call him a red elk. A red elk, yeah. E- even though he looks like a freaking antelope, but whatever. <laughs>
1: Also, I'd like to say that it's something that every Ghibli movie shares. It has like this central mascot character that can kind of steal scenes that they're in,
0: yeah, except I feel like Yakul wasn't utilized a lot to mm-hmm. like steal stage time like they actually had a a character for they had two characters for comic relief, and I thought it did well um yeah. but yeah that it's it's heavy in its naturalism versus industrialism. We have the Mononoke who represent naturalism and you know, we have the humans who represent industrialism. Uh, we've got the humans basically like saying, fuck the forest spirits, fuck the the, the animals. We're just going to take all the resources because we need to eat. And it's that's the central theme, but I do like how they do include some other themes, like uh, when we meet Lady Eboshi, for example, and how she's about empowerment of women. This is something that, you know, we even, we're fighting with people and we're fighting together to get equal rights still and you know this is a film from freaking 97 people have been fighting for this for a long time and it's amazing to me how this movie is so old 23 years old but it still has the same things we're fighting about to this day
1: yeah um i was gonna say something now i was just paying attention to what you were saying and i got kind of lost it
0: (laughs) welcome Um, to the john podcast where i just talk about stuff Um, um it's, so also, how about worth, it's also
1: worth mentioning it's also also worth mentioning you talk about how many themes there are in this movie i mean there's also like romance and you know the there's a touch of the supernatural and it's just all these, these themes kind of come together and this is a long movie like it's two hours and 15 minutes long yeah um and you and i were kind of talking while we were re-watching this movie together it's like I I feel like there's enough in this movie that they could have expanded this into like a twenty episode like anime series if they wanted to.
0: No, not even that. Like thirty six because there's a lot of different arcs they could draw from this. You know, when we first mm-hmm. meet the um, the iron, iron work? frick, what was uh, it called? Iron something, Iron Town villagers. Right? Yeah, Iron Town. When we first meet the Iron Town villagers, they have their own arc about the empowerment of women and their place in society. Uh, we learn about Lady Eboshi and how she's like, you know, women are just as powerful as men, if not more. You guys are just dullards for not realizing that. And that could have been its own arc when we had um, Ashitaka, the main character of the series, Prince Ashitaka. And um, when he's in the town, we could have had him explore that side of it. And then that would have been I like, like... I feel that,
1: like that in itself could have been like a five or six episode arc.
0: Yeah. And there's so many themes going on, but they're just shown these factions are just shown and given a little bit of backstory to build the world a little bit mm. to try to come back to the main theme. But I honestly, I don't appreciate how many themes there are because of that. Cause it's like, there's too many themes. I want to explore them all about the lawful good, the neutral and the evil, you know, like I want to see all of these yeah. arcs play out.
1: And they, they do. I will say one thing this, this film does do even given its long runtime, it does actually build out a really good world. Like you can imagine, a very long form story being told in this world, if you wanted to.
0: Yeah, and because when it it starts off with um, Prince Ashitaka and his village encountering one of the demons from the forest, right, mm-hmm. and how that That's has kind of what con- sets everything off. Yeah, and then, you know how he's fated to go into the world because he's banished from his village now to try to find a cure because you know he's been infected and he's on a quest, and he's just kind of a victim of fate, right? Yeah. And he stays—what I love is that he stays true-neutral throughout the entire story, like the entire pacing. And they even set up an arc for him where it's like, oh, the demon is represented—it represents hatred, right? The demons place the curse on him, and it shows a flare of his emotions, and he uses it. But then he never falls prey to the evil powers, right? Because he tries to stay true-neutral. And Miyazaki even stated that he didn't want Ashitaka to be heroic or have any heroic moments in the movie— and that rings true. He doesn't. He truly believes to stay neutral throughout the entire encounter. When he meets the what we would consider like the lawful good characters or the lawful characters, he doesn't pass judgment on them. He just wants them to live in harmony. Versus yeah. when we meet his uh, the heroine of the story, San, she's like kind of chaotic neutral, where she's been raised by the forest spirits, so she wants them to thrive, and she hates humans, so she'll do anything to kill the humans and wipe them out.
1: I also love how you realized while we were watching this that she's called San because she's the third child
0: yeah, I didn't okay again, you know, I was ten, I didn't know Japanese, all right. I didn't understand why she was called San, in fact, I thought she was called Son and I thought it was a dude, but <laughs> whatever, obviously it's not a dude. her name's just San because she's the third child, and that yeah. was interesting to yeah realize, but <laughs> you know and it's. I just wish they had time to explain everything. Otherwise, the, the pacing of it was pretty solid, right? Mm-hmm. Honestly, for a, yeah, a two-hour,
1: 15-minute runtime, I'd say the pacing is spot on.
0: Like, I didn't even know, this is how you. This is a sure fire sign that you've got a great fucking pace. I didn't notice it was even two hours long. If you told me that was like 90 minutes, I would have believed you. If you told me that was like 75 minutes, I would have freaking believed you. It did not feel like two hours to me at all. See, I, I would have
1: told you that when I was like maybe fifteen or younger, but now my bladder tells me it's more than two hours long. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you I'm get, old man. Old,
0: old man. <laughs> and um, yeah, the quality of the narrative—they don't really spell anything out for you. There's a lot of actions in the movie that just kind of spell out the plot for you. Like when you meet the actual true lawful good versus like the actual chaotic evil. Like each faction represents a different part of the alignment chart which yeah. is great. I loved it. And we got to see everyone's point of view, which was really I t- good.
1: I thought it was great because while this movie obviously has these themes of naturalism and industrialism,
0: it doesn't beat you over the
1: head. It doesn't it doesn't feel preachy. Like you feel like there's a, there's a there's a clear message that Miyazaki is wanting to tell you, but not he's not being overbearing about it. And in a way he's like telling you, "Well, I presented my case. Make up your own mind."
0: Yeah, and that's so good. This is this yeah. is this is why it's the number 1 film in my mind for a Miyazaki film and for a Ghibli film. It's so good at showing you the different sides to every story about like uh like a Lady Eboshi, you know when you first meet her, you may think she's like an evil person, but you realize she's more she's more like lawful evil in my mind because what yes, what she's doing is evil. She's cutting down the forest and you know deforesting and making sure that her villagers can live a good life. You know, she's doing it for the ladies that used to work in brothels that are now the like, the backbone of her f- town. You know, they're the ones making the new iron. They're the ones doing all the hard work now, and it's like they're now the
1: tough chicks, <laughs>
0: voiced yeah. by Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah, oh, she's such a good voice actress. <laughs> um, and it's it's just so so good, so good. Mm. And honestly, the romance I didn't, I could take it or leave it. Honestly, I yeah. didn't need it. Right, It was is not, there, it was
1: just a touch of it in there, and it again, it's one of those things that it, it's barely noticeable, and it kind of shows up at the end, and you're like, eh, okay.
0: See, that's why I didn't like it, because there was no point to it at all, right? Hmm. There's no reason for them to develop feelings for each other other than the hero and the heroine need to get together at the end. And it's not like True Love's Kiss would have broken the curse or anything stupid like that. So I'm no. glad they didn't go that route, at least, but... Since there was no point for it, why did it even exist, is what I'm saying.
1: I will say say this is one last thing to touch on with the story. I feel like if this had been done by any other studio or directed by any other director, everything that they tried to do would not have worked.
0: No, for sure, 100%.
1: I think the the reason this movie works comes down 100% to the genius of Hayao Miyazaki.
0: I 100% agree with that. Oh, man. This yeah. this man is a freaking genius with these films.
1: Miyazaki may have been able to make this movie work with a different studio, but without Miyazaki, the, the, everything they tried to do with this movie would not have fallen into place the way it does.
0: For sure. I 100% agree with that. All right, so
1: to wrap this up, what numerical score are we going to give this out of 10?
0: You know, I honestly want to give it a 10 out of 10, but if I'm being realistic, I'm going to have to give it a 9 out of 10, maybe more like a 9.5, because again... I don't like how many themes there are that they don't expand too much on. Um, it does help for the backstory, so that's why I'm giving it a 0.5 boost. But I really did not like that touch of romance. That's just like it had no part it in seems, this movie. It
1: seems unnecessary to and and to have it just right at the end.
0: Yeah, it's it's very unnecessary. Like if you cut that out, I would have called this a perfect film, quite honestly. Yeah. Or if they had and maybe really had a good... little
1: bit better sound design with your sound effects.
0: If they had better sound design with the sound effects then it possibly could have still gotten a 10 out of 10 for me. But for now, 9.5 out of 10.
1: Yeah. I'm going to give it a nine out of 10 for pretty much the same reasons. Um, it's, it's a nearly perfect film. It's certainly it's, it's Miyazaki's best film It's studio Ghibli's best film. Um, I don't think it'll ever be topped. At least in my mind, we'll have to see this next movie, which I'm assuming is going to be the last uh, Miyazaki will ever make. That's coming up in whenever the fuck he gets ready to put it out. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i it's a it's a solid 9 out of 10 for me
0: yeah and oh man one thing we didn't really touch on was this movie is a little dark man
1: oh yeah that's that something else so compared to uh, other miyazaki and studio ghibli movies there's a lot of ultra violence in those there's people getting their heads chopped off and arms chopped off and like
0: jesus christ of the blood yeah there's not a lot of gore i would say but you do see their hands getting and their heads getting chopped off and like there's death and, and there's kind there's, of
1: there's some like macabre, I would almost say Lovecraftian creatures.
0: Oh yeah, they're really <laughs> forest spirit. Please, <laughs> uh, no. That's
1: nightmare. That's fucking nightmare inducing when that face is
0: coming at you, man. Freaking nightmare fuel. But uh, it's such a good film. Like this is, I would definitely say this is a one of the anime movies you've got to see. If you've never yeah. seen this, please just go rent it. Go get the Blu-ray. Watch it in English. It's freaking yeah. amazing.
1: Yeah, and also, it's one of those things, so when they started doing Ghibli Fest around the U.S. and Canada for the last few years, it, this is something that's always in the rotation, so if you ever see it at your local theater, whether it's like a, you know, a big studio theater or some kind of an art house theater showing it, go see it. it it's worth your time. It's definitely worth seeing on the big screen, in my mind. Oh, yeah. And I think with that, that's that's the end of our, our Mononoke review. Um we've actually been trying to do this for a few weeks we had to push it back a couple of weeks but it's been well worth it waiting this long
0: oh yeah but it's mainly because it's it's a 2 hour long movie we need a it huge is. block we, of time we had to find to watch time it. for
1: both of us to sit down and watch it
0: yeah and it's because again you know a lot of these f- movies we are reviewing i just haven't seen in a long time because i'm thinking about anime movies that i really like and a bunch of them are from like the 90s okay they're old yeah. and i haven't seen them for a while, long time so
1: All right, with that, thank you all out there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out other episodes of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Bitchute, SoundCloud, and Spotify. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, or our website. Shoot us an email if you have any questions, or if you have ideas for topics or movies you would like for us to talk about in the future. Links to all these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, Prince. What? (laughs) Purple
0: Rain? (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna do a bit. How dare you? (laughs) Oh, I didn't know you were setting up for a bit. You want me to do it again? Fuck you, I'm
1: not doing it. (laughs)
0: I used to be an adventurer like you then I took an you arrow took to an the arrow butt the ass <laughs> Good night everybody
1: My boy no